What is up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of On the Power Play. It is me, your boy, Brian, always joined by my fantastic co-hosts, Adam and Matt. Gentlemen, other than some uh, unfortunate, strange, and uh, downright um, kind of awful news out of the NHL, uh, which we will get into later, how are you guys doing? Uh, removed from that. Oh, all right, buddy. You know, I want a pair of AirPods today. They had... A really good yeah. sales day. Uh, it was day. good. Obviously, it was like weird having a good day and just looking at my phone and just blowing up like a piece of TNT. Uh-huh. Uh, Dynamite. Right. Uh, but, yeah, you know, my team's kind of limping along into the all-star break, kind of struggling a little bit. But other than that, everything's good. How about you, Adam? I'm here, man. <laughs> just, I'm alive. That's that so make yeah that, that, that tracks. That's that's all I got for it. I'm I'm alive. <laughs> yeah, kind of a strange day um out there in in the hockey universe um which obviously we will get into um you know as of right now I we we always say you know we're not gonna speculate too far and all that jazz so you know to be honest everything right now is technically speculation but a lot of a lot of things are lining up in a not so great way. A lot of pieces uh, have fallen into place. A lot of pieces have fallen into place. And, you know, usually where there's smoke, there is fire. Um, so we'll we'll get into that. But obviously, again, this is there's no legal documents yet. No, excuse me. There's no uh, true indictments or charges dropped yet. So this is all technically speculation. Uh, but there is actually other stuff going on around the league that we can talk about beforehand. Uh, We're going to start off with the hiring and subsequent uh, first win of Patrick Waugh's coaching career, uh, making his debut two nights ago against Dallas, Uh, getting a win against the Stars, right? Two nights ago? Yeah, he's had two games, so he's one and one. One against the Stars and then lost against the Golden Knights. Well, there you go. Um, Yeah, so... He um he was a coach of the Colorado Avalanche from 2013 to 2016, so this isn't his first job ever. Uh, his record there was of uh, 130, 92, and 24 in his three seasons coaching the Avs. Pretty good coaching record, all things considered. Um, but uh, the Islanders moving on from their their head coach and hiring Patrick Waugh. Who was the coach before that? Uh, Lambert. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and a fellow right Adam. Here. What? A fellow Adam. No, no, Elaine Lambert. Adam oh, Lambert. I, I was, no, I was <laughs> going to say, yeah, no. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, Lane, replacing Lane Lambert, the uh, Hall of Famer, uh, hasn't been behind a bench since 2016, but like I said, you know, that 130-92-24 and 24 record isn't too shabby. 3-4 uh, and four in Stanley Cup playoff games. Uh, I think that was the major issue is the Avalanche continuing to fall flat Uh either getting to the playoffs or well, in the playoffs was why he got uh no 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 i've been hearing so many stories about patrick Waugh and his time in colorado since Interesting. Deciding. please so the reason i he he wasn't let go he walked away classic so, patrick Waugh right there supposedly he's a, he's a walk away he's a big walk away supposedly what had happened was um I think tension started around whenever, whatever draft it was like one of the, I guess the last drafts they were looking to do. Patrick Law firmly believed that Colorado needed, I believe it was a defenseman. 
and everyone else said no, and they picked somebody else. I don't ask me names, so I don't remember the full extent. Um, so that started the wedge, and then in a similar situation, Patrick Waugh was very adamant that they needed to go out and get a player, a, a specific player, not just any player, a specific player whose name escapes me. And once again, the Avalanche said no, and Patrick Waugh said, okay, goodbye, and peaced out and hasn't coached in the NHL since. Coached other places, just not in the NHL. Well, there you go. There you have it. Um, Yeah, that... I guess that's kind of interesting in a way, just because, like, how does that transpire, uh, really? I, I guess. Uh, but classic Patrick Wad is up and up and fucking off. Uh, <laughs> but he's now that coach of the Islanders who, let's take a look at those standings. If I was good at my job, I would have had that up already. Um, let's see. You got look some at, climbing to do. That's yeah, right. looking at the standings, they're, they're not buried at all because obviously everyone in the Metro Division is in it, apparently. Um, they, they are currently at 51 points with a 2016 and 11 record. Not terrible, right? Um, you know, you're almost at the halfway mark. You have 50, 50 plus points. You're usually in a decent spot there. Um, but I think there was some issues in the locker room where Lane Lambert had kind of lost the guys a little bit. And there was a need for a coaching change. Interestingly, decided to go with Patrick Waugh due to the what Adam re- reported there about um, some weird decisions made in Colorado. But do you guys think that the hiring of Patrick Waugh is going to make this team better? Or do you think that maybe it was just a different voice that was needed to get the guys hyped up again? What, what do you guys think about this? It, it, from hearing Lou Lamorello speak about the situation, I think it was... Kind of, he was waiting for the moment to do it, because he said he's like, Patrick Wall was the only choice I had. He was the only guy. That's why he's here. Um, so I think he kind of thought at the beginning of the year, if things kind of went stale, that he would make the change in a heartbeat. So obviously, you know, the the Islanders kind of started off okay and then got really really hot like really hot and then kind of just nosedived not like nosedived nosedived but like cooled dropped. off for sure Definitely cooled, cooled off. off yeah and i think that's when he was like all right like i don't want to have a roller coaster of a season where it's like we're up then we're down and we're up then we're down yeah so, he's looking for some consistency which makes sense. right and you know they're a, a veteran team so it's not like you know you can be like ah time to uh Time to add a piece because they added a piece last year and you know Boone Jenner, um, oh no, Bo Horvat, the bees. It's the bees. The bees. Yeah. So, so here's a quote from Lou. Uh, He said, "Quote: He's fiery. He loves the game. I think it's going to be great for our players." And then Patrick said that he enjoyed the conversation that he had with me. Uh, I enjoyed the conversation because the passion came through loud and clear. He loves the game and you have to love the, you have to love this game to want to be successful. So I'm excited to get going, which we will immediately, as soon as the conference is over, we'll start thinking about tomorrow, which is basically just a lot of words saying um, he sounded excited to be here. I'm excited to have him basically. Um, 
Yeah, so I I agree. Maybe it was a, it was a situation where he didn't want to have an up and down year, but obviously firing a head coach in the middle of like a real good hot streak is usually frowned upon. So yeah, I guess it it does kind of sound like he had to wait. If he had already made the decision, maybe he put the contract back in his desk in the classic Lou Lamarillo style. Um, but Adam, what do you think about this move here? <clears throat> I was caught a little off guard. Um, I know. It didn't seem like from a fan perspective, Lane Lambert had much time left behind the Islanders bench. I can remember specifically during the playoffs last year, I think it was, um, being around the family talking about and watching the Islanders, um, the the disinterest in the way Lane Lambert coached um, and just kind of like the silly decisions that were there. So I know from a fan perspective, this was a very welcome change. Um, but from the outside looking in, uh. Islanders just haven't been that good, in my opinion, uh, compared to what they've been, um, especially under um, Barry Barry Trotz. No, no. Uh, yeah, but uh, yeah. Well, well, in the Barry, Barry Trotz years, or yeah, um, for whatever yeah, reason, you... I, I get him and Torts confused in my head. I think it's the name. I know they're completely That's different fair. people. Yeah, I well, under- uh, yeah. So Barry Trotz, when he was the coach, they were a pretty effective, boring yeah. to watch team, but very effective at what they did. And then to get his understudy effectively, and then to not be able to replicate that. I mean, the writing was kind of on the wall there. All that said, though, I did hear a kind of interesting theory as to why Lou went with Patrick Waugh. Apparently, he did. He and his team. I don't know if it was specifically him, but he and his team did some extensive research into um some, some data about coaches and when coaches do their best on a team and apparently coaches do their best on their second go around mm. meaning if they're a second time coach those coaches tend to do better than any other new coach coming in that may, if that makes sense so if a coach is on their third team they don't do as well if it's their first team they don't do as well but if it's their second team coaching apparently those coaches excel and wouldn't you know it this is patrick was second nhl team uh uh-huh. so apparently that could be a reason why lou went after patrick Waugh. big analytic guy that yeah i was gonna lou say was- is uh lou lamarillo a huge analytics guy saw that saw those numbers and was like hey now here's Listen, an opportunity i i i wanted to catch the debut game i only caught the tail end of it and the overtime and it seemed like the islanders were a little bit different I unfortunately didn't catch the game against Vegas, so I can't. I don't have a large sample size to really kind of compare what this new look Islanders is going to be, but hopefully it works out. I mean, I would love to see the Islanders kind of do do better than what they were. I'm interested to see if they change their kind of um, you know mark on the league right now because for years they've been the team that'll score once and then shut you down for another sixty minutes, and it's the most boring hockey to watch of all time. So I'm. I'm interested to see if that kind of game plan change, if they if they change the way they play. I highly doubt that there's going to be a huge change in the way they play. But uh, almost to confirm what Matt was saying here, here's another quote from Lou Lamarillo. Said, quote, well, certainly watching our team play, I felt that the inconsistency that has been going on for some period of time was not going to end. And when I had the opportunity to meet with Patrick recently, I felt that this was the best time for our organization to go forward. Um, so yeah, Matt, I think you, you kind of nailed it there. He saw the inconsistencies and, uh, just d- did not think that they were going to, um, 
be ending and that something needed to be done. So definitely interested to see how a Patrick Wah led Islanders team not only plays, but if they can, you know, find a little bit more consistency uh, on the successful side of the coin. Cause remember consistency can also be on the negative side of the coin. So um, we'll see how that pans out to keep on keeping on here. A little bit of action as far as an expansion is concerned. Clearly the NHL is just looking to, capture teams in every city known to man as the uh as salt lake city uh, a group uh salt lake city that owns the uh, utah jazz has requested an nhl team uh to be expanded there the smith entertainment group the parent company of the nba's utah jazz has formally requested that the national hockey league initiate an expansion process for the purpose of bringing an nhl team to utah um they said quote the nhl uh, appreciates the oh no that was not uh yeah, here's so here's it uh, from the SEG. Uh, the SEG envisions a near future where the NHL will thrive in Utah, and they are 100% focused on making this happen as soon as possible. Uh, they are passionate about sports and entertainment in the state and are committed to providing premium sports and entertainment experiences for the people of Utah and visitors from around the world. Apparently, they're fully ready to, uh, where the Utah Jazz play, they are fully ready to... Um, house a professional team in that building. They already have an ECHL team, the Utah Grizzlies. That's the ECHL affiliate of the Colorado Avalanche. Um, so they're they're already fully ready to change that into a hockey basketball arena. Um, so how are you guys feeling about Salt Lake City? I feel like it's been tossed around a lot um, as of recent. You know, there were some reports saying that Tennessee wanted a team, some reports saying that for whatever Houston. fucking reason, Atlanta wanted a team again, Houston, the Quebec, Salt Lake City. Um, yeah, you know, and I feel like this is the name the, the city that we've been hearing the most of, at least recently, right? Yeah, uh, well, when Patrick Mahomes kind of you know went to Twitter and was like, Kansas City, Kansas City would be perfect for the coyotes, yada yada yada. <laughs> um then we were talking that one kind of like made a little bit more sense because obviously the Chiefs have been doing really well in Kansas City and you know. Um and but Kansas as far as that exist. Yes, they have. Um but as far as Utah, I mean Utah. obviously they only have one team and that's the Utah Jazz. I mean for what we know about Utah and their sports teams and their passion. I mean, we saw in the Chicago Bulls documentary, The Last Dance, that uh, they really got behind their Utah Jazz, especially when they were good. You know, they got, uh, you know, you know John Stockton, you know, other great players on that team. Um, but, like, as far as hockey, I mean, cold weather, okay. I'd rather see a, I'd rather see a cold weather market than, uh, you mm. know, a warm weather market, to be honest. Right. Um, I think, you know, it's it's weird for uh, as, as much as we like don't know, we, we're always like ah, Utah. That's the place that Jordan got the food poisoning and had the flu <laughs> game, and so mm -hmm. everyone's <laughs> like, oh, don't don't go to Utah. You'll eat don't play pizza. sports in Utah. You'll eat bad pizza and get food poisoning, because that's what they did to Michael Jordan in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean. Obviously that, but also, you know, apparently you know, sports in Utah have been, you know, going in an upward trajectory, according to um, 
Ryan Smith, who I believe is the mayor of Salt Lake City. Right? Your guess is as good as mine. Who is this Ryan Smith fellow? Let me scroll back up in the report. Um, Ryan Smith, mayor of Utah. Uh, the chairman of the Smith Entertainment Group, so not oh. the mayor of Utah, not the mayor of Salt Lake City. Very different position. That Very man. different <laughs> position. Uh, he said, quote, all eyes are on Utah for the recent rapid evolution of our sports landscape, especially with the Utah Royals back this spring and Salt Lake City's Olympic bid underway. There is so much momentum happening at the state level around global sports and sports infrastructure. While Delta Center is ready to serve as an interim solution for an AHL team, Utah will need a new arena designed for professional and Olympic hockey. Talking about Olympic hockey out here. Jeez Louise, Salt Lake City. Um, Well, how do you feel about this, Adam? We got Matt's comments on the topic, but I mean, we've heard Salt Lake City could be tossed around for an NHL franchise before. Do you find it viable? Do you think it would be a decent idea for the league to explore? Would, Would 33 teams be smart? I don't know if 33 teams would be smart because none of the big four have more than 32, I don't believe. Mm-hmm. I don't even think MLS has more than 32, do they? Oh, well, we should look at that. They do. 15 plus 14. Quick math, everybody. I don't know. I'm stupid. That's it's actually 29. So All right. Well, they're under they're, 30, in fact. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, but my point stands. They don't have more than 32. Um. So, yeah, it's a weird thing. Um. And especially if it sounds like the NHL wants to keep expanding. Um. Because I've been hearing that a lot. They they want to go further than even 33, mainly because of the money. So that'll be a weird thing. So I don't know if it's necessarily a good idea. Right. Um, that said, Utah, I mean, first of all, it's fun to say. I've been having the balls saying Utah the whole time. Utah? <laughs> Utah. Um, I, I, if they're going to work, I feel like it would be better to just relocate somebody. Maybe a a team that's out in the desert that's playing at college right now. Uh, you know, maybe maybe, like that, maybe any... that team, yeah. I, I I mean, listen, I'm all for Arizona Coyotes sticking around, but after what I read earlier today about them not even being close to a new arena, and we're already what are we two weeks away from All Star Weekend? The All Star Break, yeah. Less than a week away. Yeah. Less than a week away. Um, it's, it's not looking good. And I thought I heard someone insinuating that the league is kind of done with the bullshit in Arizona. So time will tell it, it in more ways than one. It's a little interesting that this story is coming out when it did. Um, it, it does suck because Arizona's on a bit of a heater right now, but time will tell. I feel like, though, if the NHL continues to expand the way they're doing, they need to go a uh, uh, a UK-English soccer route of just having teams rise and fall through the rankings. Because I can't see how 33-plus teams is viable for the NHL right now. Yeah, you would almost have to make the season longer, and then you also probably would have to expand the playoffs, and it would just be kind of a shit show. Honestly, I I, at that point, what I would do is literally the the uh, the English football pyramid system of bottom four teams get relegated to, we'll say, the AHL, and the top four teams of the AHL come up to the NHL 
at that point. But the talent pools are so that's when no, that's the only issue. That's when you would have to just figure that out. Either just say, "Fuck it, we're hitting the eject button and starting over." Like, just throw all the players in a giant pot, like I may or may not have just done for a a certain Twitch thing I'm doing, um, and just do a whole draft again, or figure something out because I I can't honestly see like as fun as 33 teams is to do in ea nhl in real life i don't think i don't think it makes a lot of sense no no i don't think it does either um yeah so look salt lake city utah could be a cool little town for for hockey i don't know how intensive a sports town it is but uh hey Hey, i guess also i i meant to say but i kind of got on a tangent uh fish there is more than one team in uh in utah the yeah, MLS so has the, MLS the fifth place. Oh, the Western Salt Lake Conference City, uh, right, 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 Real Salt right. Lake, Real and they Salt came in Lake. fifth. So there is, there is sports there. They, they do the sports ball. They do the they do the sports ball. Uh, they don't, you know, have they only have one of the four major. But we'll see if that uh, winds up changing. I guess. Also, what do we call a Utah-based hockey team? I have no idea. Um, how did they come up with the Utah Jazz? Is there like a, a big jazz? Uh... No, I think that's I, I think it's the quite opposite, actually. <laughs> oh, is it just an anti? Like it's, we're so bad at jazz, we've named the team Hold the jazz. On. Why? Um, well, because there's the already there's already a music the themed jazz. team. Is that can't do that, you know? In St. Louis. A name for Utah. Name? Oh, okay. So the Jazz actually used to play in New Orleans. Oh, well, that makes sense. They relocated to Utah, and instead of changing the name, they kept it. Well, that's stupid. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, 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 it could be something aquatic. They have a lot of lakes in Salt Lake City. Um, they also have a lot of. Um, they have a lot of uh, national parks. Ooh. Um, but look, I feel I feel like we're just, you know, dancing around what we really should name the team. Just just the Utah Mormons call oh. the day. I um, thought you were going to the Morms, the Morms, if you will. I honestly um, thought you were going to say the Coyotes. <laughs> no, the, yeah, look, we're just in the business of keeping names. Might as well just make it the Utah Coyotes call today. That's that um, said um, a quick Google search of uh, Utah NHL concepts lands me on r slash NHL. They're Reddit. With a concept jersey and logo for the Utah Yeti. Ooh, that's not bad. And these look sick. Their official nickname, by the way, is the Beehive State. Oh, the Utah Buzz. Yeah, I mean, there's there's something there. I'm sure there's something there. Utah, um, where the hell is this? There it goes. I'm just going to drop the link to the Reddit. I was going to say, did you Google see this? Utah NHL? I just did Utah NHL concept. Uh, Fish, if you don't feel like Googling, I dropped the link for you in our chat room. For all you people listening, it is on Reddit, yes. it's uh, Oh, conce- that is kind of sick. Yeah, the concept jerseys and logos for Utah expansion team Utah Yeti from TS20 Designs nine months ago for anyone uh, looking for this. Just Google NHL Utah concept. 
Don't you think those colors are a little too close to the sharks? Either way, I mean, sick logo. But I thought they looked a little close that's... to uh, Seattle, actually. If you look at the jersey, Ooh, that's fair. I, I think I just got distracted by the yellow in the sleeve. Now that that's pretty nice. That that I don't I don't mind looking at. That's for look sure. at look at their ults, by the way. I know the, the, uh, the, the black, the red, and orange. Yeah. <laughs> that's sick. That's that's kick ass. That's kick ass. I don't uh, really know what a Yeti has to do with Utah, but I feel like I'm in. You know what I mean? I feel what like is it, are avalanches known to happen in Colorado? Well, I mean, they have the Rocky Mountains. There's a lot of snow in Colorado. I feel like weren't they supposed to be called the Colorado Extreme? Wasn't that supposed to wasn't that one of the first concept? You're talking to a guy that's been watching hockey since 2014. I don't know what the hell you're saying to me. (laughs) Talking to the wrong guy. Yeah, so they were originally meant to be named the Colorado Extreme, um, but then they took it to a newspaper vote and Avalanche won. So that's how we wound up with the Colorado Avalanche, not the Colorado Extreme, which uh, thank God, because that would have been brutal. That I'm sounds sorry, like a that Ray. sounds like an indoor football team name, not a hockey team name. So I was reading through the comments, um, because somebody was talking about um, like what the actual name will be, and I'm I think it's they said the name's gonna be Reggie. The city needs two teams in that honor music that has nothing to do with Utah. Oh, you, okay, reggae. My fault. So the Salt Lake reggae is what they said. Um, somebody replied the Minis- the Minneapolis Lakers moved to LA. That's how they ended up keeping the Lakers. Uh, the Oilers moved to Tennessee where there's no oil. The J- New Orleans Jazz moved to Salt Lake City where they don't allow music. Someone <laughs> then replied, so you're so you're saying it's going to be the Utah Whalers. And my favorite reply, we do have a whale. <laughs> a what in the aquarium? I don't know. Jeez, I gotta know it's where the simply, whale is. Simply, we do have a whale. I need to know where that whale is, people. Somebody get me the Utah whale. All uh, hail the whale. All hail the whale. God. <laughs> God. I beg you, uh, fans. This comment is in that Reddit post. It is like the first thread. Just scroll down. You will see we do have a whale. And there's a link to an article with part of the headline being all hail the whale. Yep. That, that hey, look, if there's like if there's going to be a team in Utah, that makes a lot of sense. Utah Whalers, I'm I'm in. Jeez, I'm in. Please. Bring the Whalers like back. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. Um all righty, to keep moving forward here, the Edmonton Oilers, a team that we didn't necessarily bury early in the year, but we were basically talking about their shortcomings was dry sidle going to get moved what were they going to fucking do the goaltending was abysmal the team couldn't win games they were you know kind of popping off in the media a little bit here we are on january 24th and they have just won their 14th in a row and um are pretty much unstoppable at the moment uh winning their last one four one against the columbus blue jackets at home um God damn. Uh, Stuart Skinner uh, made 27 saves and set a franchise record for his 11th straight win, passing Grant Fuhrer, who did it in 85-86. Yeah, this team right now is on a complete other planet. Um, I don't... Dude, I just... The change between the beginning of the season to now is so night and day 
you really wonder, was it the coaching change or was it just because they were a sleeping giant? I feel like, I mean, I, I know we kind of talked about this last week, so really we're just going to touch on it. But do you really think it was a coaching change or is it just because inevitably they were going to find their their stride? Personally, I just think there, were, there was no keeping McDavid and Drysaddle down for long. Right. Uh, I think Chris Knobloch just knows how to, push the right buttons for McDavid. I mean, when you when you get him as a boy and now he's a young man, I mean just a boy. <laughs> exactly. Uh so I think he just understand the coach player relationship is just very strong. So but I you just think there's think, something to that. A little bit. A little okay. bit. Okay. And Knobloch has this weird way of just hopping into a bench and just being like, all right, we're gonna play different. Boom, and it's like an atomic bomb. They we saw it with the Rangers, team. man. Yeah, when they got when Dan Quinn was uh, sick, he he sat in against the Flyers and they lit up the Flyers like a gasoline on a Christmas tree. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 wild. Um, just the way that they're playing now, Adam. What do you, what do you think about this? Do you think there's uh, something to note about the coaching change, or do you think this is just inevitable? I think there is something there just because of a 14-game winning streak. I don't even know if um, the coach before Nabla had that kind of run with the Oilers. Mm-hmm. Um, so I definitely think there's something to it. But at the same time, I feel like the upswing was inevitable simply because it's McDavid and Dreisaitl. Um They finally kind of got their goaltending, seems like, figured out. I saw a report earlier that Jack Campbell is actually starting to do pretty well. In the AHL, I'll leave it at that because I've been cursing everyone I talk about on this podcast. Um, so, like I said, I think it was inevitable that the upswing was going to happen, but to go 14 games without a loss, I think there's got to be something right, to the coaching. Yeah, I mean, you really do have to think at some point that it, 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 could, be, it could be a coaching thing. And then Matt brings up a really good point. I mean, when you are a coach of a, of a kid, in his formative years and he becomes this absolute stud, he is going to relate success that he's had in the past with your coaching. So there could be a, a mental connection there. Um, there. There definitely something to that. Personally, I think it's just because it was pretty much inevitable that dry and McDavid were going to get it figured out. And also let's not sleep on the goaltending out of Stuart Skinner recently. Um, if we just look at the numbers from his past um, from the past 11 wins, um, he's, he's rocking, a, like a mid 900 save percentage and like a sub, a sub two and a half goals against he's having a hell of a, of a time right now in net. And it's just obviously breaking grand fears record. That's pretty huge, but also, you know, just making sure that his team has a chance night in night out to win. That's, that's big. That's big. Um, so, I mean, there's a, there's something to be said for the coaching but i do think that this is just a combination of a bunch of things happening yeah. uh right at just together you know what i mean also i think aren't they getting like really good depth scoring too i feel like um yeah the scoring's kind of coming from everywhere in their win against um against columbus they had warren fogel was involved in the goal scoring um they had evander kane as a part of it it's not just relying on um it's not just relying on the combination of McDavid and Drysaddle. They are 
you know, kind of looking at uh, some more depth scoring, which is obviously huge when you're a competitive team. Uh, right now, what's crazy is even that 14-game heater, they are currently third in their division in the Pacific at 55 points. So they're 27-15-1 record, which is crazy. Well, that's what happens when Vancouver got hot. Uh, yeah, yeah. L.A. was hot. I think L.A.'s fallen behind them? or they L.A. has fallen behind them by two points. Oh, it's Vegas. Uh, Vegas yeah. is the team I'm, I'm forgetting because it's yeah. fucking Vegas. Dude, yeah, the Canucks right now are at 68 points and just an absolute command of the Pacific Division right now. I That's think. a wagon. Yeah, I mean, they have the most points in the league right now. They're absolutely just on fire. Um, it, it's it's nuts what's going on there in Vancouver in comparison to what, you know, has been happening with that organization. So, um, all righty then. Well, I feel like it is probably about that time that we talk about the biggest hockey news going around right now. Um, I'm going to read off the official report here. We'll talk about it again. Uh, everything we talk about today, everything we talk about that's been reported is technically speculation. There's been no charges laid out. There's been no, um, official documents released from London, Ontario, um, um, London, Ontario police department. So this is all technically speculation, but we're going to talk about how a couple of different, uh, pieces have kind of fallen uh, together and how there are some names attached to possibly this uh, this report. So should also probably throw a, a trigger warning out there. Oh yeah, trigger sick. warning um, about the uh, situation itself. It is uh, we're not going to get into the nitty gritty uh, graphics of the actual police report. Um, just don't think that's necessarily our place. If you're interested in that, you can go ahead and Google that yourselves. But, okay. um, but the topic of it is 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 uh, definitely a trigger warning for. Uh, uh, those who are sensitive to sexual assault. So to go into the report itself, uh, this was what kind of happened today. Well, yesterday, today, and even, um, you know, since like Monday. Yeah, like yeah. Monday was the first mm-hmm. domino to fall. Yeah. So what wound up happening is uh, five former 2018 World Junior Hockey players from Team Canada have been told to surrender themselves to the police in London, Ontario, to face sexual assault charges in a high profile case. Um, so the, we, we've talked about this before. We talked about it a little bit ago. Um, you know, when the initial reports came out, uh, this is just an, a continuation of that. Um, the, uh, London police had denied, uh, or declined to comment publicly on the status of the case Wednesday, uh, saying that they, um, aren't able to really, ex- uh, talk about anything po- uh, past what they're doing right now, which is, um, making sure that they, they come in and, uh, uh, report to the London police department. Um, yeah, so uh, in a social media post from the London, Ontario Police Department, they said they, quote, anticipate a uh, a press conference to happen on February 5th, um, talking about the, uh, sorry, talking about the charges. I think because that's the last day in the timeline that the players were given to report to the police. Yeah. Um, so... This is mostly just a continuation of something that we already talked about with the Hockey Canada stuff. Um, and, you know, when we're taught, when we talk about um, the possibility of having some names, this does directly coincide with five different hockey players, um, four of which in the NHL, one of which over in the in, in Switzerland uh, have requested leave of absence from their teams and are, are headed to Canada. Um, so again, obviously speculation, but you know, when, where there's smoke, there's fire. Uh, those players are, um, Dylan Dubay from the Calgary flames, 
Carter Hart from the Philadelphia Flyers. Um, uh, what's uh, McLeod's first name? Oh, let's make Matthew? sure we get that. No, yeah. definitely want to get that Michael. Correct. Michael McLeod and um, Cal Foote from the New Jersey Devils. And um, Adam Forrington, uh, Alex, Alex, Alex Forrington, who's uh, playing over in um, the the Swiss, right, uh, Switzerland right now. Uh, don't necessarily have his team name uh, remembered, uh, but you know, if I find it, I'll let you know. Yeah. So uh, those are the five, and in the uh, report uh, from London, the London Ontario Police Department, it is uh, said that five players were notified they need to report. Uh, so definitely some um, connection there. For sure. Um, the only the only way that the those five might not be the five is if more players ask for a leave of absence. But right now, that's not currently happening. So, again, this is clearly all speculation. Um, there are no official reports, no official charges yet. Um, however, this is just kind of the um, the the state that this is at right now. Um, obviously I think everybody is, um, hopeful that the person this happened to does receive justice, um, and, and everything involving that. Um, it, I, I guess I'll, I'll turn it to you guys. If you guys uh, have any comments at all. Ooh, it's, it's hard, man. It's hard mm-hmm. to really put words to it. Uh, we kind of knew that something was coming. We were hearing the rumblings like, hey, this investigation is rearing its near point. It's rearing its near point. Um, obviously, we we knew that this episode was going to come where, you know, more more information than we already had is going to be uh, presented. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's tough. It hurts more. I mean, obviously, you know, because one of our favorite players is in might be in speculation of being on that list. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just kind of a, uh, a real unsettling moment in the sport, mm-hmm. in the sport. Cause you know, it's team Canada. Like this thing happened at a fundraiser after they won gold, you know? Yeah. Right. So yeah, it happened at a gala in 2018. Um, so let's see here. Yeah. So uh, the alleged victim um, made the reports um, in 2022 uh, of the happenings in 2018. Um, it happened at a gala at a hotel um, after the tournament. Um, and that's when, uh, you know, there, there's some details here, um, that I'm, I'm going to, you guys, I mean, the listener can go ahead and, and go, uh, searching for the details if they choose to do so. Um, but here's a report from the, uh, let's see here. Um, this is from a spokesperson, um, uh, who is, um, a part of the firm representing the, uh, the victim, Said, uh, quote, we hope that renewed courage of this case will result, uh, renewed coverage of this case will result in renewed conversations about sexual assault, about institutional cultures, and about how best as a society we can address such, um, such with a goal of reducing both the occurrence of sexual crimes and also the resulting harm when they do occur. Um, so yeah, it, it, it happened, you know, in 2018, World Juniors, um, these five players were all part of Team Canada. Um, uh, Adam, do you happen to have any comments at all? 
not really. You guys have kind of just kind of hit the nail on the head. It, it seems like there's finally closure starting to come. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to give props to to the victim who seems like she is 100% all in on testifying and making sure the justice is brought forward. I saw the report earlier that she is 100% cooperative with the police and she's willing to testify in court and um, all that. So props to her because that can't be easy having mm-hmm. to, to relive all that so many years later. Um, yeah. But I, I I think all of us, I mean, I'm not going to speak for you two, but I know for me, I have February 5th kind of circled on the calendar to keep an eye on what comes out of this. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there was some other things I had read that I'm kind of going to keep my eye on in terms of if there's more players possibly having to report um, or anybody having to report, but that's pure speculation. So I don't really want to get into the weeds too much on that one. Yeah. Um, but it seemed like it was inevitable that this story was going to drop. And here we are sifting through all this thinking, well, here we go. Yeah. And, you know, to gleam a little bit of bright side out of this as much as we can, obviously, um, I will give props to the London, Ontario Police Department and the NHL for actually cracking down on this, especially with after how the uh, Kyle Beach situation in Chicago was handled. Um, I feel like the NHL is actually kind of doing what they can and making sure that they stay with it when it comes to this um, this situation. Obviously, I know this is more a Hockey Canada scenario than, a, than an NHL scenario, but there are NHL players involved, so obviously the organization has to be involved in some facet. And so, excuse me, I think that this is kind of a nice change in a um, – and unfortunately, kind of a culture that is not trusted right now by a lot of people for, you know, pretty decent reasons. Um, so hopefully, uh, again, the the victim, you know, gets justice and, you know, the truth comes out and, you know, um, the right measures are taken to make sure that uh, whatever happened uh, is, you know, punished to to how it should be to, um, you know, try to. I, I do just uh, have justice for the situation. I'd uh, kind of hard to talk about, obviously, because, you know, it's you hate to have something like this almost surround your favorite sport. The one that you like to talk about the most, the one that you like to watch the most. You know, this is the second time in under five years that we're talking about something like this. And it sucks. It really does. But uh, I think everybody here uh, from on the power play would would agree with me in saying, you know, there are real bright spots in hockey culture and the hockey community. And I feel like right now as good of a time is as good of a time as any, obviously not to ignore what's going on, not to take light away from it because it does deserve the full light and the full exposure uh, to have these conversations. But also let's not forget the good that, uh, you know, hockey can do to communities, to uh, from outreach programs to, you know, getting kids uh, access to playing the sport to, you know, having, People just be on teams and there's a certain camaraderie uh, involved with it, you know? So I think now is, a, so. now, now is a pretty good time to remember that kind of stuff too. Very yeah. much so. Yeah. Um. So uh, unfortunately, because that that's pretty much the biggest thing in hockey right now. And, you know, there's not a whole lot of necessarily facts out there. That's, that's pretty much all we can talk about when it comes down to that. Um, just because 
we don't want to speculate too long. We don't want to throw any sort of wild uh, accusations or crazy stories out into the open. But um, officially, uh, five players have asked for a leave of absence from the organization. Dylan Dubé, Carter Hart, Cal Foote, um, uh, McLeod. What was his name again? Yeah, it's, he's got a brother, so I'm trying to be very careful. I know. Got to be careful there. Um I'm running to my mentions on freaking X. Michael, it is Michael Michael McLeod, Michael McLeod, Alex Formentin and Alex Formentin. Those are the five players that are reporting to Canada right now. Um, You know, obviously we don't know for sure, but it it, that it kind of looks like how it is right now. And um, we'll continue to report on this as news comes out again, uh, February 5th. I believe that's Monday, correct? No, no, no. That's uh, yeah. So two Mondays Monday. from now, two Mondays from now, there's going to be an official press release. Um, and I think in that case, there might wind up being an emergency episode for it uh, just to cover it as, as best as we can when it happens. Um, but we'll keep you guys posted, obviously. Um, and uh, other than that, unless you guys have any other uh, hockey news, that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, no, no. Yeah. Um, no, you can't hope- really follow anything up. No, no. And hopefully, you know, a, we get more news out of this next episode and also some more uh, things happen around the league for us to talk about that isn't uh, so <laughs> disappointing in a way and such yes. a bummer. But as always, we appreciate you guys coming to On the Power Play for your hockey news and, and banter and stuff. You know, we we like to make sure that uh, most of our episodes are happy, but sometimes the things you get to report on just flat out suck. And that's just the nature of the beast, unfortunately. That's, but That's the news. Yeah, but that's the news and that's how it rolls. Um, but we appreciate you guys sitting play on these episodes and following us on our social medias at OTPP pod on both Instagram and X go follow those guys. Adam does a phenomenal job on those social medias. Um, he's the only reason you guys are probably here because he keeps putting up those, you know, plays of the plays of the day and all the standings and shit. He does an amazing job over there. So, you know, continue to support him and what he does on the social medias by hitting that follow button, throwing some likes on there, maybe a comment or two. Adam's pretty good at talking to you folks. So if you comment, King on stuff, Adam. He'll, usually, he'll usually get back to you. King Adam, just put the crown on you. You drop this King. Don't, this is your crown. Um, all right, go ahead and plug the Twitch, Adam. Yes. Uh, Twitch.tv slash on the power play. Uh, once again, twitch.tv slash on the power play. I teased it earlier. I'm halfway done with this big project I'm working on. Um, it's it's looking crazy. Um, I'm a little scared of what I put together because I don't know how it happened, but I'll put it this way. There, there are six teams, three of which have been created, and those three all have almost 99 overall teams. So, <laughs> and it's only going to get worse from there. Uh, so that'll all, become, that'll all be coming on uh, twitch.tv slash on the power play when that's all done. Uh, I would stream the creation of it, but it's kind of boring. So I'm transferring shit and it's a, it's a whole thing. Bing saw my notebook. It's, yeah. I have a problem, Um, but it's good. So yeah, once again, twitch.tv slash on the power play. That's where the games will be. Keep an eye on the Instagram at OTPP pod. So I'll be posting some, uh, behind the scenes pictures as I get closer uh, to all that stuff. And uh, yeah, so do the thing. Do that thing, baby. Do the thing. Go follow what he does there. He, he, he's going to do some great stuff. He's already done some great stuff that you can watch our video on demand too. So go ahead and check him out there. As always, we appreciate you guys for tuning in and we out. Woo.